0: Welcome to another episode of the In The Limelight Podcast. I'm Clarissa Burt, founder of In The Limelight Media, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. You are tuned into Booksmarts Authors on Show with Christy Franci.
1: Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Booksmarts Authors on Show, a creation of Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media. I am your show host, Christina Franci, and today I'm thrilled to be interviewing Gavin Fry, who has 40 years' experience as a licensed spiritual therapist. He was catapulted onto his career path in his teens, growing up with his brother, a convicted murderer, and white supremacist gang leader. He learned how to heal trauma and discovered his gift from bringing greater intimacy into our closest relationship. Gavin is an authority on the cutting edge world of male vulnerability. Gavin, it is such an honor to have you on. I cannot wait to talk about your book, The Real You Leading Your Life from Your Authentic Self. Can you give the audience a little bit more about your background before we dive into the topic today? You have a very interesting um, story growing up.
0: Yeah, it was very, it was more traumatic than most people's paths. I find everybody goes through some measure of trauma. I think we're, all as human beings, we enter into our own respective hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Mine was pretty dramatic because I was young. When I was around 10, my sister was 17, and she began 15 years of being a heroin addict. Mm. It was hard enough, but my brother, who was five years older than me, so when I was 10, he was 15, he went down 17 years of just major crime kidnapping and then murder and then white supremacist and he killed a lot of black people. Wow. And I'm 10, 11, 12 and this is all going on. It's like be watching a a car crash in front of you two of them for years. It just goes on which was decimating to my parents. It was very dark for me. I survived by pretending that I was fine. Oh, um God. I did okay with that but I, you know, I was in a lot of pain. It was very dark. But it did. I'm a sensitive man. So I had to go into psychology. And then thankfully, I found spirituality, because I needed to heal from all of the trauma that I went through. But thankfully, as I did that, I also discovered that I had gifts. My sensitivity is a gift. Mm -hmm. My being genuine is a gift. And I was really fascinated by why is it that one arena that means so much to us, which is, let's say, primary relationship, intimate relationship, how can more than 50% of the people get a divorce? It's like we're so wholly unprepared for that territory. So my life in large part became dedicated to how can I help couples learn how to have a healthy, thriving relationship? Mm -hmm. And And I know a lot about that. But then I found out that so much of what I was discovering had to do with an essential self that each of us have call it an authentic self call it a soul call it our depth it's just like our greater nature
1: Mm -hmm.
0: for most of us there's we come upon experiences in our lives where we touch into that we maybe fall in love for the first time or maybe maybe we're walking in nature and we have this expansive experience or we have a child and something inside wakes up and we go whoa what is that yeah yeah that self, that soul, being cultivating an intimate relationship with self inwardly, is to me where there's a lot of gold in life,
1: yeah. And I feel like the inwardness of us is part of our learning process in life, discovering mm-hmm. who we really are inside, our true authentic self. Yeah. and, You know, it will always be a forever learning experience, I think, no matter at what age you are, but it's so fascinating when you discover these little bits and pieces of yourself and and what we were talking about earlier, you like them about yourself,
0: Yes, like yourself. Yes. Well, well, the good news, that's what we were also discussing before we jumped on the air was they're unique about you. You Mm -hmm. have uniqueness about you. I have uniqueness about me. So we we try to replicate and be like other people and we get lost from ourselves. But, and so part of my book, it talks about the importance of coming to a compassionate understanding of our false self or our adapted self, Mm -hmm. because we go through trauma and we, we develop this persona or this adapted self a false self. So we don't have trauma anymore and that we survive, but then we keep, trying that uh, adapted self and false self. So to learn what that is for each of us and compassionately go, oh, oh, because of what happened in my teens, I'm hesitant to be vulnerable because I don't want to get hurt. So I'll hold back. I'll pretend I'm fine. That's what I did. Yeah. What interesting is that I find as a therapist after all these years, what most people do when they start to identify the false self or the adapted self is they go to war with it. They judge it, they make it wrong, which only entrenches it further. It actually needs to be understood and we need to to honor it for serving and protecting us for a long time. Mm -hmm. And we do that and heal our relationship with the false self while we're cultivating a relationship with something deeper, that's powerful, compassionate, loving. That's my book has all the exercises and all the principles to be able to go through that journey that's unique to each of us.
1: Yeah. We got to peel the layers off. You do, and We need guidance and we need help to do that because I feel like you, you can't do it alone. Yes. It is a self thing and you have to work on it yourself, but yeah. books like yours are mm-hmm. here and available for people to peel the onion layers off and really get to know your authentic self. Cause like you said, growing up in life, things that happen around us, we build up these walls and we yeah. we have these yeah. paradigms that try to protect us and then right. knocking down those paradigms are a challenge within itself especially it if you don't even know that they exist. <laughs> yeah
0: that's right that's right that's so, right they we're unconscious to them. That's right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I love that. Um I love that about your book. Um mm-hmm. and I kind of want to dive into a little bit um more um specific topics and questions that I have about your book. Sure, sure. So one thing is, what are some of the core myths men and women have about transparency and leadership that sabotage their success as leaders?
0: Typically, when we go to work the way we've been trained, we think we have to not be ourselves. We have to be someone else at work. So we say we have a personal life, and then we have a business life. So in that business world, we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable often, or we don't allow ourselves to care or be affectionate. Now, there are guidelines for being appropriate at work, but it it doesn't mean that you cannot let who you are shine. It doesn't mean that as a leader, if you actually share your vulnerability, let's say you make a business decision for a department and you all start going down the road to the left and it doesn't work out well. So rather than defending yourself, blaming other people, you go and you have a meeting and you go, look, I've been doing some journaling and I've looked at how did I lead us down this road? Because I care about all of you. And it wasn't the the right path. And I see that now. And I discovered that I'd made a mistake. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I thought I assumed that I could just do what Everybody would want to do what I wanted to do. I didn't check in with all of you before we made a decision of which direction to go. So I'm learning. I'm human. Now, what I'd like to do is reassess. I want to hear from all of you what direction we might take this company so we can all own it together. And I ask that you forgive me for my mistake. It wasn't intentional. Now, if you were to do that,
1: I know, I was just thinking like,
0: wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the trust and the authenticity and really that's what, lead, that's what a leader is. It's the best student in the room and they can have courageous transparency and confess. They might even cry, that's okay. Yeah. So authenticity, which is closely related to empathy, to listening carefully, it's a deeper level of connection with self and with everybody else you're in relationship with, because that's all work is. It's just a parade of relationships. Each one of them is unique unto itself.
1: Exactly. So when someone is embracing one's vulnerability, deepening as a leader and connecting yeah. with their own power and ability yeah. to genuinely build trust and inspire those that that he leads, how, how does that create a deeper connection.
0: Well, because in the example that I just mentioned, for example, you could follow up by saying, I'm I'm actually requesting that all of you pay close attention to how we're going about doing this. And if there are things that you're scared about or things that you're concerned about, Mm -hmm. or even a mistake you make with one of the employees you supervise, My office door is open. You can come and talk to me. We can work that through together. Mm -hmm. You don't have to try to have it all together or be perfect. Let's learn together. That provides the safety, provides a vulnerability. And actually that's where you get, you get employee loyalty, you unlock creativity. You it's it's the whole game just opens up wide, but sincerity is the key. And you have to model that as a leader and it feels scary. You actually have to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Mm. You actually have to be the one that takes the lead risking and you're the lead student in the room.
1: Yeah. And once you
0: start to do that, you catch fire and you go, whoa, you mean I can do this at work? I don't have (laughs) to try to be this. It's liberating to be honest and revealing.
1: It is. Yeah. And it shows that like you're human and that, yeah. you know, you're willing to drop down your ego
0: right.
1: and it's not about the ego. It's just right. about the authenticness of what's going on and taking responsibility. And another thing that kind of came to me is that it also cultivates culture within, I think, the workforce, because leading by example, then it starts to trickle down to the other employees. And it can have a great effect on them to be vulnerable and talk about things and not feeling scared to like go and have that open door policy with their boss or whoever it is. Because sometimes even when a boss says like, oh, I have an open door policy, the employees are still scared and intimidated to go and actually talk. So if our leaders are being vulnerable and shedding the ego and not blaming others, but themselves, et cetera, et cetera then it just really does open the door. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. And you're right about creating a culture. And you know where there's been so much focus these last few years on diversity in the business place. So to me, the key to diversity is recognizing every person, let's say in one, we're using this as an example in one's department, they Mm -hmm. all have their own reality. They're different. We're not all meant to be the same. Yeah the accountants have a certain way of thinking and what they enjoy doing, doing well. Mm -hmm. And that's different than the people who do sales and love what they do or the people who do customer service and are nurturing. So when you start to build, you start to open it up to build deeper relationships within a department, the key is not all agreeing on the same definition of reality. It's Mm -hmm. asking questions like, I'm curious, how are you seeing this? What does this mean to you? I want to know about you and how you are and what affected your decision or how you're thinking about this. So if a leader can welcome all this diverse experience, it also starts to enhance creativity because three people may have a different way of looking at something. And when they're together, they come up with a fourth way. And all of a sudden there's a new product that gets birthed yeah. that they couldn't have done just by themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it gives, yeah, and it gives them permission to be free, right? you know, of who they are and have their strong points or strong traits uh, shine. Um, yes, well, their
0: leadership starts to get welcomed because I think that's our natural way of blossoming as human beings. Once we start to feel safe and we feel seen and affirmed, then we start to get in touch with our gifts and mm-hmm. then we actually want to share them when we want to lead. So you've got a whole department full of leadership. And again, it may not be comfortable all the time. You may not always agree. But there's a principle that I really like, and and Christina, and that is, I got it from Marshall Rosenberg, who taught nonviolent communication. And he used the term power with versus power over. So the key when being an authentic leader is you want to share power. You don't want to wield power over people yeah and they will know if you're on one side of the fence or the other
1: yeah well because energy they can sense it you know just in like the tone of the voice the presentation um kind of like the underlying like jabs or or whatever like i mean we've we're born with heightened senses you know so because we had to as babies like to understand right. our environments, we couldn't talk, but we could feel and sense. And so, right. and that carries on through us throughout our lives. Um, it just transforms. <laughs> in yes. But exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, in you life, know. it seems to me, we're all on a path, call it the hero's journey, on a path of healing and awakening. And we get to do both all the way through our lives. And so what's interesting to me is how we can build a relationship with the unconscious that we don't yet know it's it we haven't discovered it yet so when you start to work at a business or in a relationship a business relationship where there is true freedom and safety and an invitation for curiosity and discovery oh boy you just unleash so much power and creativity and loyalty into that department or, or business relationship
1: yeah No, and
0: it's the same. It's the same. Everything we're talking about is the same. I I do a lot of work with entrepreneurial couples and helping them actually honor each other and their differences, have a safe space, be able to risk with each other. It's like, you know, when you were late to dinner, I started to feel I started to feel abandoned, like you didn't care for me anymore. I'm not saying you did, but that's what I felt. And then the other the other person goes, God, I'm so glad you can just tell me that, not just climb all over me. I'm sorry that, that I'm late. And I see that that's a tender area for you. And mm-hmm. she goes, yeah, it's a tender area for me. And then they're closer. Yeah. Even the lovemaking relationship opens up with safety and empathy and honor.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's one of the things that I've learned is that you just want to get curious. If you see your partner kind of like, Yeah, being a little snappy or whatever, just get curious, like, hey, you know, like, how was your day, you know, and just try to find the answers because, you know, not every some people are passive aggressive. So they're not going to they're not going to be open and honest and tell you how they feel. They're going to give you the silent treatment or whatever, you know, so
0: they're um, adapted self, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But if you get together and say, look, in addition to us getting together in a relationship, to share each other's lives and enjoy companionship. See, my my book has a chapter called Intimate Relationship, The Ultimate Mirror. Mm -hmm. Because intimate relationships is where there's the most vulnerability. And it's where our unconscious patterns that are yet to be healed get triggered by the things that our partner does. Mm -hmm. Now, if we enter into a relationship and we go, you know, we're going to enjoy this And there's going to be times when it's going to get scary and intense, but let's keep it safe and let's keep confiding in each other what we're discovering from our unconscious that we can heal and hold with each other. So then a triggered upset in relationship is a chance to strengthen intimacy and grow closer. Yeah, The book has all the exercises to help in learning how to do that in a healthy relationship. Most people think, a healthy relationship is we get along all the time and we never have upset. And there is no such thing.
1: Yeah, that's just like being fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's just that's Pollyanna. That's it's I've never I've never met a couple in my 40 years of doing never have I encountered that. But the rock that is because
1: someone's lying.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. Or
1: someone someone's suppressing their happiness. House.
0: Right. Or they're blaming the other person for their unhappiness, which is so destructive versus a safe space where there's a curiosity and you go, God, what was that like for you? I really want to know. And I want you to know what I felt too. And there's two relationships going on. There's meant to be two relationships. They're different. They're different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Gavin, what tools and exercises can you offer that assist an entrepreneur in discovering both their distinctive gifts and heartfelt calling in the world?
0: Well, the key to all of this becoming an authentic leader that's highly effective is self-knowledge, self-awareness. So the book There's many books. I'll mention a couple of others that I can suggest, but the book is filled with exercises I call invitations for discovery, because I wrote it in such a way that I share very openly my own challenges in a very vulnerable, transparent way. Mm
1: -hmm. I talk
0: about all the things I've learned and the tools, and then I have them apply them to their own life right there in the chapter. Okay. So, and and it's a comprehensive book. So that's one tool. Another tool is, have you heard of the book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron? No. It's a really wonderful book to open open yourself up to a deeper connection with yourself, your spirituality, and your creativity. It's mm. it's, it's a classic book. It's probably one of the best-selling books ever. And she has a, a tool called Morning Pages, where you're journaling. Because you have to pay attention to your inner life. You have to cultivate what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to work and I just I just had a a big auto accident of a, of a change in direction because of this business decision I made, what's going on for me? Do I feel embarrassed? Am I am I angry? You have to be aware of your own and build a relationship with your own depth and your own humanity in order to then build build it with others. They'll know if you're doing that versus just giving them a storyline.
1: Exactly. Yeah. People can sense if you're being authentic or not, you know, even through like, let's say social media and your pictures and things like that. Like the eyes are the windows to the soul, you know, and sometimes like in my pictures, I'm like, oh, I look like I'm crying out for help. (laughs) You know,
0: Maybe you are. Right. Maybe
1: I am. I mean, I feel like inside sometimes I'm like, I need help.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. And we may not even see it. The people around us see it. Another tool is what I call self-observation.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's
0: like you're you're participating in your life but there's a part of you that's watching it neutrally, not judgmentally, so that you can you can actually learn and be curious. It's I equate it to your life is playing on the movie screen, you're in the theater, but you're sitting out in the audience looking. And so you see the experience you're having. Mm-hmm. with a relationship or with a business decision at work. And you're in the audience going, wow. And you can actually have a little distance between your experience and your awareness. And you can start to see so much. And you put that together with journaling. Mm-hmm. It's 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 very powerful.
1: Yeah. Journaling yeah. is a very powerful tool. Um, yeah. Right. Just just letting go and just write. write, write, That's write right, 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 right. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: Yeah. That's so. right. So in what ways uh, does being dedicated to discovering our inner world profoundly open doors to outer success and fulfillment?
0: Anybody that you see that is having massive fulfillment and success in the world, whether it be a recording artist that you like,
1: Mm -hmm. let's
0: let's say Taylor Swift, look what she's doing. I mean, she just creates all these albums. I know. Because she's tied into the depth of herself and she's had the courage to transparently share it, whether people like it or not, because she's being true to herself. The beautiful thing about the authentic self is once you start to touch into it and it's unique for each of us, mm-hmm. it's, it actually starts to feel right. It's like, wow, this is me. I like this. It's self-reinforcing. And then you can take more risks. And a big part of that, that process is realizing you have an intuition and inner knowing that can often give you the most remarkable guidance. You can start dating somebody. And after the first conversation, something inside of you says, I don't know why, but I don't think this is for me. Yeah. So the intuitive voice, you don't even need to have reasons for it. You say, okay, I trust you. And the more that you listen to your intuition and you act on it, the more you'll learn how it shows up when it's speaking to you clearly, where it sits in your body. And it's almost like it's a compass that you use to guide you and how you lead your life. And it's it's a wondrous thing to be touched into intuition. Yeah. To compassion, to what your truth is, to your creativity. It's It's just living from deeper within our interior. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and it's like when we're born, like we kind of know when, when we're, when we're kids and then it gets messed up through like experiences and traumas and outside influences and stuff like that. And then part of the discovery is rediscovering that and figuring out really what it is. Yeah. And one of the things too, is, you know, when people start coming through that authentic self, um, and they're vibing at that high vibe. Yeah what was unsuccessful could now be successful in some way because you're really attracting the trueness of, of what you're doing. Like if, if you're doing something and you're not coming from an authentic place, you may see failure a little bit more, Um, not that it's failure. It's just learning and and adapting. And it probably means that you need to adjust a little bit more from within or, or whatever. Um, And things just start flowing when you come from that place of, Authenticity.
0: Yes. Well, they the space the space mission Apollo that went to the moon. Mm-hmm. They did research, and it turns out that the guiding mechanism that got to the moon was off course ninety eight percent of the time. They go off course, on course, off course, on course. So this isn't about not making mistakes. This isn't about doing it perfectly. But you become a student of your authentic self. And what I find a big a big helpful key is what usually happens to move us into a deeper relationship with who we are.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Start to see the difference between our mind and our heart. Mm -hmm. Two very different ways of seeing and interpreting reality. And most of us have only known our mind because that's the one that's in there protecting us. Mm
1: -hmm. But the
0: heart is very, very different. The heart will be going through a challenging relationship and the mind will say, we need to get the heck out of here. And the heart will go, We're staying right here. This this one is a treasure and I know it, I'm here. And you can learn, you can cult. My book is designed to help you cultivate a relationship with your authentic self in a very real ways and lead your life from that place.
1: I love it. So Gavin, where can people find this book? How can they get their hands on it?
0: It's on Amazon. You can look up The Real You or you can look up Gavin Fry, G-A-V-I-N. RYE or they can go to my website and there's links and it's Gavinfry.com, gavinfrye.com g a v i n f r y e.com
1: Awesome. So do you have any last words before we say goodbye?
0: No, I just appreciate being a fellow student on the journey with you.
1: Oh, well thank you. I appreciate it. So much knowledge. It's very inspiring. You know, I I feel like I'm on a journey myself to try to find my authentic self. Um I still have a lot more onion layers to peel, but, but, you know, um, I'm enjoying the ride and, you know, I can't wait to discover who I really am. And I know so many people out there are longing to get in touch with their inner self and find their gifts and the authenticity that they've been longing for. And, you know, I hope that they get their hands on this book. I think it would be a great tool and useful for them. Yeah. Uh, useful yeah
0: well that authentic self is really a treasure each one of us has it it's available to cultivate a relationship with if we have an intention towards it it will respond and that de- that relationship will develop we can't miss
1: perfect yeah well gavin thank you gavin. so much for coming perfect. on this episode of book smarts authors on show and thank you for listening to today's episode and i hope to see you guys in the next one thank you
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Booksmart's Authors on Show here on the In the Limelight Podcast Network, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe, and don't forget to tell your friends.